Welcome to Finances and How Many Credit Cards Should You Have with Kathy Pfefferhahn. I'm going to interrupt myself and say, first of all, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a part of the 20,000 downloads that we've had in the last three years. I'm grateful and I can't wait for what's to come. Now, back to the show. Finances and, in conjunction with my company, Capital Coaching, helps people achieve their financial goals through personal, tailored, and attentive financial coaching services. Together, we'll create a successful financial plan by examining your spending and saving habits, then guiding and educating you to your own personal success. You can also purchase my workbook, Finances and, your spending planner workbook, at lulu.com or click the link in the show notes. The number of credit cards that you should have depends on your financial habits, responsibility, and needs. There's no one-size-fits-all answer, as different people have varying financial situations and goals. But here are some factors to consider when determining how many credit cards are appropriate for you. Your credit score and history. Having multiple credit cards can impact your credit score, both positively and negatively. It can increase your total available credit, which may lower your credit utilization ratio and improve your credit score. On the other hand, having too many cards with high balances can negatively impact your credit score. If you have a limited credit history or a lower credit score, it might be better to start with just one or two credit cards. Financial responsibility. If you can manage multiple credit cards responsibly, pay off balances on time, and avoid carrying high balances, having more cards could be feasible. However, if you have a history of overspending or trouble managing your credit, it may be best to stick to just one or two cards. Rewards and benefits. Some credit cards offer attractive rewards and benefits such as cash back, travel points, or discounts on specific purchases. If you can take advantage of these rewards without overspending or carrying a balance, having multiple cards could be beneficial. Annual fees. Some credit cards come with annual fees, which could add to your expenses. If you have multiple cards with annual fees, make sure the rewards and the benefits you receive outweigh those costs. Different credit card types. Different credit cards serve various purposes. For example, you might have one card for everyday expenses and another for travel rewards, and a third with a low interest rate for emergencies. As a general guideline, having a few well-managed credit cards can be beneficial for building credit, and taking advantage of rewards programs. However, it's essential to be responsible and avoid taking on more credit than you can handle. If you're unsure, start with one credit card, build good credit habits, and gradually consider adding more cards if your financial situation and credit score allow. Always monitor your credit card usage and be mindful of your financial goals. Credit cards are the standard for purchases today. 83% of Americans have at least one credit card, with a total of 1.1 billion credit cards in use as of 2022. We use credit cards for 21% of our purchases, debit cards for 27%, cash for 30%, and 22% of us use checks or other forms of payment. One-third of Americans have three or more cards. One reason is that you can imagine having more credit cards is an easy way to increase your credit available while your credit score is not affected very much. The benefit of having more than one credit card is the variety of rewards that are offered. Sometimes you can earn points for your purchases, miles for flights, or cash back on the purchases you've made. The question is often, which one's right for me? And frustratingly, the answer is, it depends. 
The main idea behind these cards is that you get a benefit from every purchase without paying any interest because you're paying your bill on time each month. Credit cards can charge a ridiculous amount in interest. It's not uncommon to pay at least 20% of interest right now on any balance that you don't pay off each month. But for those who do, rewards can be amazing. Cash back and travel rewards are common. However, you'll want to carefully read the options and the ways that you can redeem these points. NerdWallet has a great list of the best cards for you to look over because no single reward card is right for how everyone spends or know which rewards that you value. Rewards aren't the only options to consider. Some credit cards charge an annual fee, and it's not always a bad thing to pay that annual fee. Sometimes the benefit for the card makes the fee worth it, but very carefully consider that benefit versus the cost. As an example, for those who travel often, the United Club membership card does charge an annual fee of $525, but they offer unlimited visits to their club, along with a guest, up to two free checked bags, they pay your TSA pre-check fees, and you'll earn 80,000 miles just by using it initially. It's also something that your company may pay for if you're traveling for your company. But be aware of the 0% promotion that allows you to make purchases or transfer balance over a set period of time. It's a great idea, but you have to make sure that you're paying on that card before the date expires and then the rate will start. Rewards aren't the only benefit, because credit cards can actually increase your credit score. By having more than one card and paying it off monthly, you'll see an improvement as you show your ability to manage multiple accounts at once. But you'll also have to manage multiple due dates. Missing one of those dates can mean that your score is negatively impacted if you're late often enough. To avoid this, many card issuers will allow you to change your payment date. This makes it easy for you to remember the date it's due or to spread them out across the month. It also means it won't hit your account all at once. Auto pay is another safety option to make sure that at least the minimum is paid each month. Many cards offer protection in the form of rental insurance when you're traveling or even the replacement of a purchased item if it's damaged or stolen. Some cards offer a type of travel insurance if you use an eligible credit card, you can be refunded money up to the certain level for trips that are canceled or delayed due to factors outside your control. This can be for flights, hotels, and tours up to $10,000 per person or $20,000 per trip. Another option includes luggage reimbursement up to $3,000 per passenger, priority boarding, and even extended warranties. This benefit extends the manufacturer's warranty, often an additional year, to cover the cost to repair or replace an item up to the original purchase price. Some others offer coverage for your cell phone being your cell phone if it's lost or stolen, as long as you're paying your monthly bill with that card. But doesn't getting more cards knock your score down? Well, yes. As credit reporters average the length of time you've had credit, not just the age of your oldest account, but opening a new credit card lowers your score by about five points, and that takes a few months to rebound back. After applying for a new credit card, there's a hard inquiry to your credit account and it will appear on your credit history for two years. So make sure you really see a benefit in having a new card. However, any pre-approved or pre-qualified offers you may receive are based on soft inquiries and have no effect on your credit score. 
You can find out more about credit cards in episode 21 called Finances and Credit Cards. Having more than one credit card is part of your overall credit utilization that determines your FICO score, and there are five parts to consider. The first is your payment history. It is the number of accounts that you've paid on time and any that you've been late on with how long you've been late, and that makes up 35% of your score. Credit utilization is the second one. It's the amount of revolving credit, like a credit card, that you're actually using divided by the total amount of credit that you have available. So, for example, if you have a credit card with a $10,000 limit available on, let's say, two cards, say $7,000 and $3,000, and you have a balance of $5,000 on one of the cards, your utilization is $10,000 divided by $5,000, or 50%. So half the total credit you have available is being used. Credit utilization should be around 30% for a good credit score. The third thing they look at is the length of credit history. It describes the age of each account you have or how long you've had any credit open. This is 15% of the calculation. The longer your history, the better. So keep that old card open and use it at least once a year to keep your length of use up. The fourth is your credit mix. This will be 10% of the equation, and it refers to the different types of credit you have, like mortgages, installment loans, or revolving credit like credit cards. Finally, new credit accounts for 10% of the factors creating your FICO score. This could include any recent hard inquiries, which could mean that you've been applying for a lot of credit, and that's alarming to a lender, and how long since you've opened a new account. The benefits of having two to three credit cards means that you can use them to spread purchases around to maintain lower balances, as well as potentially being beneficial for you to have an emergency and need the additional credit available to you. It also shows that you can manage many accounts and the responsibility of paying them off. This is Kathy Pfefferhan. Thanks for listening to Finances and How Many Credit Cards Should You Have? I know you chose to listen and I'm grateful. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe for free in your podcast provider and share your favorite episode with a friend. And thank you to those that I see on Facebook and LinkedIn that are sharing. I really appreciate it. Remember that the book, Finances and Your Spending Planner Workbook, is available as well. I'd love to see a review because it brings financial education to others and it helps people find me more easily. Also, let me know what questions you'd like answered or topics covered by going to the website at financesand.net and leaving a message. You can contact Capital Coaching for your personal financial needs at capitalcoaching.net. Remember, I went to school so you don't have to. Finances and does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing in this podcast is to be construed as such. Always consult the tax account.